morning, good afternoon, and good evening around the world. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Alexander, and you're listening to Ivy Exec Insights, a weekly podcast brought to you by Ivy Exec, an elite network of global thought leaders. You can visit us at ivyexec.com and join our growing executive network. In today's episode, you will have a chance to hear Networking for Success, led by our guest speaker, Marsha Bellinger co-founder and principal of an executive search firm, Bellinger Leafblad. Marsha conducts executive search projects recruiting top executives for non-profit organizations, higher education, and professional associations. She was named one of the Real Power 50 by Minnesota Business in 2014. In this session, we will cover how to think about networking in a way that inspires confidence, not panic, what are the nine networking habits that you should definitely avoid, as well as a model for conducting an easy, comfortable, successful networking meeting. Enjoy the show! Thank you so much. Great to be with you today. You know, I'm not a gambler, but if I were, hypothetically, if I was in Las Vegas, and let's just say I've got three doors, and behind Door number one, I am 80% likely to win the big prize. And the big prize could be a car, it could be a million dollars, whatever it is. I am 80% likely behind door number one. Door number two, I'm only 10% likely. And door number three, I'm only 10% likely to win the big prize. There's there's no shenanigans here. That's it. 80%, 10%, and 10%. Again, I'm no gambler, and I'm not the brightest bulb on the tree, but I'm going to pick door number one, and I think most all of us would, right? We're going to go for the 80% likelihood to win the prize. So the first big mistake that people make about networking is not valuing networking because it is statistically, year after year after year, about 80% of the time, professionals, managers, and executives get their next job through networking. I interview people for a living, and I can tell you that when I talk with people about their career narrative and progression, 80% of the time, approximately, people say, well, I followed my boss, or I reconnected with someone, or I knew people from a competitor, or I met some people at a trade association. 80% of the time, we're going to get our next job through networking. And it's always surprising when I talk with folks in transition, and I say, well, how How are you uh, going about finding your next opportunity? And people say, well, I spend most of my day surfing the web. Or I'm contacting recruiter after recruiter after recruiter. That's what I'm doing with my time. The first thing we need to do to be successful at networking is valuing networking as the most preeminent, most important, most likely way that we're going to get our next job. So that's first and foremost. I care about networking uh, because, as mentioned, um, I work in the executive search industry, and as such, I'm a frequent uh, target for networking conversations. And a few years ago, a couple of things happened simultaneously. One of them was I hit the thousand networking mark. I realized uh, I've done about a thousand networking meetings. People call me. They want to come in. I say yes. I had a thousand of those types of meetings. And I also had the the, uh, realization that most all of them were not done very well. 
most all of them, when the person left my office, was not done in such a way that I was anxious to share their materials with someone else or recommend them to a friend. And I started thinking, um, what a shame out of a thousand networking meetings, 900 and some weren't terribly successful. And, and then I started watching for those rare few meetings where when that person left my office, I was really excited to take their information and bucket forward. Or a month later, they came to my mind when I was talking with someone else about a professional need in their organization. What did those people do differently so that I walked away really excited to be part of their network and be proactive on their behalf? And when I observed person after person after person, what the people were doing right, I crafted that. And again, it took about a thousand more networking meetings into a model that I wrote about in, in a book called The 20 Minute Networking Meeting. So we'll talk about that a little bit today and what it takes to be successful in networking and what kinds of mistakes we want to avoid. We've already talked about the fact that the biggest mistake people make is not valuing networking as the number one by far way that they're going to get their next job. And then correspondingly, if I'm spending 40 hours a week on my job transition, am I spending 80% of that time on networking and 80% of my effort and 80% of my correspondence and 80% of my calls and meetings are all about networking. So uh, that's the first thing that uh, we wanna put out there. So let's just say we do accept that networking is that critical, most important activity that we need to do. Uh, I think it's also important to acknowledge that networking can, uh, can be challenging. And by having a model such as a 20 minute networking meeting model, I give myself a bit of structure and sometimes structure can add to more comfort in how I come across. So I'm gonna number one, give us all permission to put on the table that networking can be challenging uh, it can be challenging because many of us feel like we can't talk about ourselves for an hour. Well, I'm here to tell you, uh, the book's called 20 Minute. We're not going to talk to people for an hour. Uh, I don't like talking about myself. We're going to talk about, we don't talk about ourselves hardly at all in a networking meeting. I don't like approaching people. We're going to talk about how to do that well. All of the things that can make us nervous and reluctant to network, we're going to strip those away so that we have a model that we're comfortable with that we can jump into and capitalize on door number one and that 80%. So the, the second thing that I wanna think about uh, once I value networking uh, is jumping in and asking for networking meetings. And today they may be virtual meetings and we hope soon they are in-person meetings again, but some way, shape or form, I need to ask people for a networking meeting. And I wanna do that well. The second big mistake that people make is bungling the meeting request, and we're going to do that well. So how do I do that? Most all of the time nowadays, we're gonna send an email to somebody and we're going to ask for a few minutes of their time. In my case, we're gonna ask for 20 minutes of their time. So in our request, uh, the first thing I'm going to 
going to do is I am going to acknowledge the person that sent me. And so I'm going to say in the subject line, referred to you by Stacy Jones, networking meeting, something like that. So I'm going to refer to the person who recommended me. In my email, I'm going to reiterate, I was referred to you by Stacy Jones. I'm also going to say something positive about that relationship. Networking is about upholding the relationships of others, as we'll talk about. Um, we're going to make it not about ourselves and, and a much more comfortable place to be, frankly. And so I'm going to say, I was referred to you by Stacy Jones. Stacy recalled how the two of you worked together on a sales team and she recalled that you called each other the dream team. So I'm going to say something positive. I'd love to connect with you for no more than 20 minutes. And it's also important to realize that I'm asking somebody for 20 minutes of time, the gift of time. And I'm going to ask for a meeting at their convenience on a date and time of their choosing Give them several weeks to schedule the meeting. Today is Tuesday. I can promise you I'll get a request sometime today or tomorrow, and someone will say to me, I want to meet with you this week. When are you available in the next 48 hours? And I can tell you when I get requests like that, I never take those meetings. We're not going to do that. We're going to say anytime in the next several weeks, when would be comfortable for you? And we hope we're in person again soon. And when we are, I go to their office and I bring them the coffee of their choice. If it's virtual, I meet on the platform that they prefer. The onus is on me to set up the Zoom meeting, set up the Skype meeting, whatever they prefer uh, at the time and place that works best for them. So we're gonna set up the meeting and request the meeting in a gracious, gracious way that makes it easy to say yes. We won't win them all. Networking is not about being 100%. Networking is about most of the time, most people saying yes to most of our requests. So let's just say we've got the meeting. Terrific. We've got a, a networking meeting set up. Now, we need to think about the meeting itself. What's our objective for the meeting? When I really stepped back after, after all of those hundreds and hundreds that didn't go so well. And I thought, what are we really trying to achieve in a networking meeting? Well, the first thing we wanna do is we wanna learn a couple of things. We wanna learn a couple of things from uniquely that person that we are soliciting. We want to gain another connection or two. In other words, grow our network. And thirdly, we want to gain someone that we interact with in such a way that they are a champion for us. I use the word evangelist in the book, but they're a champion for us. So how long does it take to walk down the hall to someone's office, to pick up the phone, whatever the case might be, ask someone a few really thoughtful questions, ask them about gaining additional contacts and do it in such a way that it's a positive impression. It doesn't take more than 20 minutes. So. The third networking mistake that we are going to avoid is taking too much time. We're gonna ask for 20 minutes. Now I know that 20 minutes is a provocative number. And when I wrote the book, I knew that 20 minutes would be a provocative number. number. Frankly, uh, it's not easy to do a networking meeting in 20 minutes, but we set it up for 20 minutes. 
We work toward 20 minutes. If things are going so phenomenally well, and this is a question that people often ask, they say, Marsha, I am so lovable. People love to talk to me. What if that person on the other end of the table loves meeting with me so much they cannot let me go? And I say, terrific. Watch the clock. That's part of my job. I have 20 minutes. When I meet with people, I often take my watch off and put it right in front. Uh, so they know I'm watching the clock. And um, after 20 minutes, I say, John, thank you so much. I'm really delighted. We're getting close to the 20 minute mark. And if John says, I've got more time, I say, terrific. Let's continue for 10 more minutes and then I'll wrap it up. So you are managing this and you are negotiating. We're honoring the gift of time. We wanna go in with the assumption that this isn't the, isn't the only time I'm ever gonna interact with this person. We'll leave them looking forward to a future conversation. The, the fourth mistake is not being a pro in running the meeting. And, and let me say this, it's a really simple thing that all of us day in and day out in our jobs find to be true. The person who calls the meeting runs the meeting. Don't forget that truism in networking. You called the meeting, you contacted the person, you called the meeting, you run the meeting. I have had so many people, even top senior executives come into my office, plop down in the conference room and say, okay, Marsha, here I am. That's not running a meeting, right? And then they'll go on to talk about their great accomplishments and how prepared they always are and how well organized they are. And it doesn't matter what they say because their behavior has belied all of that. So we call the meeting, we run the meeting, we are going to be prepared to manage through a meeting. We take it off the shoulders of the other person. We're making this a phenomenal experience for them from the first contact all the way through. So I've got a 20 minute block that I'm working with. And what I do is chunk out in the book, the 20 minutes. Here's how you use each of those precious minutes. What I suggest is that the first couple few minutes are used to make a really positive impression. What kicks a meeting off really well is a couple of things. Number one, a gracious, positive greeting, a thank you for their time, and a reiteration of who connected you in the first place. If it was Stacy Jones, we may have set this meeting up a month ago. Remind me that it was Stacy Jones. So, you see, and it's a great opportunity for you to bring up anything else that you wanna say about that. Uh, Marcia, so great to meet with you. I'm so pleased to be here in your office today. Thank you so much for taking time. I'm grateful I won't take more than 20 minutes or so of your time today. Uh, remember, it was Stacy Jones that connected us and it was so fun. I had a chance to talk with Stacy last week and uh, we've got some upcoming virtual seminars that we're both planning together and what a great person. So once again, we're positive about the time, we're grateful, we reiterate the contact with Stacy, and we also assure the person that we have an agenda, setting them at ease that I've called the meeting and I'm gonna run the meeting and say, Marsha, I've got a couple of questions for you today, I will summarize things and then I'll wrap up. How does that sound? Great. 
it's not that I come in with a formal printed agenda or something like that, but just saying that assures the person that I've got a plan, they can sit back, I'm going to be running the meeting. So the, that's my first few minutes. I've only used a couple of, my, of minutes out of my 20 to do all of those important things. The next time I spend, I am doing what? Something really important, talking about myself. And do you know how much time I allow for us to talk about ourselves in the networking meeting? One minute. One minute. And as a matter of fact, most of the times that I timed a really great self-discussion, it was under a minute, and it was about 30 seconds, and I rounded up. One minute to talk about yourself in a networking meeting. And isn't that a relief? The networking meeting is not about bragging about myself. You've probably also already in your introduction, or maybe when you sent them a networking meeting request, you've maybe sent some bullets about yourself. Perhaps you attached a resume or you've attached your bio. The day before the meeting, when you confirmed with that person, you resent your resume, you resent your one pager, you resent your bio, whatever you have. And you also brought a hard copy of that. So you don't need to read your resume. We've done that, right? The one minute is a recap and it's context setting. So Ron, I'm, I'm really grateful again for your time today, just to give you a little bit of a sense of myself and my background. I've got 30 years of sales and sales leadership experience in the med device sector. I most recently was working with Medtronic in the heart valve division, and I had a staff of individuals across the country and indeed across the world uh, where I've uh, led virtual teams for the past five years, and uh, we've had great success. Uh, I've learned to be virtual before uh, the pandemic even, and that's uh, something that I really enjoy and would love to, um, I'd love to con continue managing teams that are scattered, uh, again, nationally and virtually. And I'm looking for a new sales leadership opportunity uh, in the med device or in the technology space. And again, uh, was referred to you by um, Mick uh, as someone who has a great background. So thanks, thanks again. Something like that, really short, right? It's context setting. Uh, when people say the word elevator speech, I, I think it's comparable to that. An elevator speech is probably even a shorter introduction, but, but a, a slightly more built out version of that is really all you need. It's really all you need because this meeting is about them. The vast majority of the time in our networking meeting, we've got off to a great start. We did a really short context setting overview of ourselves. is asking them questions. And I suggest that you come into every networking meeting with a handful of questions, two or three maybe, that you've prepared to ask them about their background something that you would uniquely like to learn from that person. And here's a couple of rules that I have about that. Number one, 
Don't ever ask somebody in a networking meeting something that you could easily find out about them on the internet. And I will tell you the most common question of all that people ask me when they request a networking meeting, they come to my office, the gift of my time, plop down. The most common question that people ask me is, so what do you people do here at Ballinger Leafblad? When a 10 second query would have them at my website seeing that we're an executive search firm. So how long have you been in executive search? When a 10 second glance at my LinkedIn profile would tell them how long I've been in executive search. Don't ask any question of the other person that you could easily find on the internet. That's rule number one. So it does take some planning. It really does. We, we know that what we need to do is ahead of the meeting, put some thoughtfulness into what I'm going to say in that meeting. And it is truly a networking mistake not to do my homework. Successful networking meeting has some preparation ahead of the meeting. What does that preparation look like? It looks probably like looking at, at that organization's website. It looks like going to that person's LinkedIn. It looks like Googling the person to see what else you can find out about them. Maybe they've got some other bios available. Maybe they're on some nonprofit boards. Maybe they're active in some member organizations. It doesn't take a ton of time to do a thorough preparation. And using what you read about that person and thinking, I have the opportunity to be here with Nancy, knowing what I know about her. She's the chief financial officer at an institution of higher ed in my region. What would I like to ask based on her unique background? I might say, uh, Nancy, I see that you've moved from the manufacturing sector into the higher ed sector. I'm intending to do the same. Can you talk about how you made that transition? That's meaningful. Nancy, I see that you are a member of Financial Executives in International, FEI. Do you think that's a helpful organization for me to consider right now? How have you used that organization? So I'm taking what I learn about her, and sometimes that's the first part of the question, right? And then I'm asking some follow-up for her in-depth insight. It doesn't matter what I say about myself. If I say I'm thoughtful, I'm planful, I'm well-organized, I'm strategic, you are acting all of those things. You are acting planful, you're acting well-organized, you're acting resourceful, you're acting with integrity, you're acting as though you honor her. So do some homework, learn a little bit about that individual, and taking all of that into account, come into every networking meeting prepared with a handful of questions to ask that person. And that's about how we spend 12 to 15 of the minutes in our networking meeting is talking with that other person and gaining their insights. It, it's a uh, 
it's a mistake also in networking to forget a very important question, and it should be your last question. So you've had your one minute to talk about yourself. You've then launched into some questions that you ask, and there's some dialogue and, and banter and back and forth between you and the other individual. And there's another question that you need to ask. There's actually two more questions. But the next question that you need to be prepared for is this one. Who else do you know that I can talk to that might be helpful to me in my job search? And, and that's the bare bones basic question. If you can't come up with something more targeted than that, ask that question. Who else in your network can you think of that you think I could also talk to? Now, it's a tough question to ask, but let me say this. If the person said yes to the meeting, they probably in the back of their mind expect that you might ask this question. And as a matter of fact, one of my, uh, one of my own folks in my network uh, who I talked to about the concepts in the book said, Marsha, every time I get a networking request, and this is the CEO of a company who gets plenty of networking requests. Whenever I meet with someone in a networking meeting, in the back of my mind, I think about other people that I think they may also want to talk to. And I come in with a tentative list of who I might think about. But if they don't ask, I don't tell. So always, always, always ask. Once again, we're not going for 100% here. There are times when I have networking meetings I'm not very well networked, let's just say in the healthcare space. And let's just say I network with my cousin's best friend. Fantastic, I'm happy to take the networking meeting. We're gonna talk about some things. And the person is looking for a nursing supervisor position in pediatric care. And they say, Marsha, who do you know that I might um, meet with in order to expand my network? And man, I don't know a soul. And you know what, that's okay. I'm glad that the person asked. And, and when I get to that question, and I, I know I'm gonna be really thin in the contact making phase, I try to offer something else. I might think, is there a book that I can think of that they might find valuable? Is there uh, a certain res online resource that I can think of that might be valuable? Is there a group that I could think of that they might attend? I sat in this morning uh, at an a online event that I think is fantastic, and I would recommend something like that as a way to connect with folks. So I try to bring something of value, even if I may not have actual names. So don't consider that to be, again, a 100% uh, question. Um, it, it's a question we need to put out there. And if the person thinks about it and does not have names, fantastic. Thank you so much for thinking about it. I'm really, really grateful. Uh, again, I'm seeking to expand my network at this time. So that question is really imperative to have um, in my networking meetings and keep an open mind about how 
uh, that question is handled on the other side. It's also a networking mistake not to have in my intentionality and in my practice a sense of quid pro quo. And I'm gonna spend a couple minutes talking to us about that because I think it's one of the things that keeps us from networking in the first place is that we're all we're all professionals. We are used to the quid pro quo of organizational life. And what all of a sudden I'm thrown into networking and I feel like I am asking for favors. I'm asking for resources. I'm asking for, God help us, a job. And let me also say that the one thing we're never gonna do in a networking meeting is ask for a job. We're never gonna ask ever for a job in a networking meeting because A, no one is likely to have a job and in asking for one, it just makes the other person squeamish and uncomfortable. They know you're looking for a job. We're not gonna ask that ever. Um, but the, the, the sense that I hate asking for favors keeps us from networking. And so we're not gonna do that. Number one, we're gonna take the most minimal amount of the person's time. We're gonna be really gracious. We're gonna make it fun. We're gonna make it interesting. We're gonna create a relationship where the person enjoys. And lastly, we are going to be thoughtful about giving back to them because I don't want to feel like I am taking. I want to feel like I'm giving. The other person likes it too. So the fifth question, so I've got my discussion questions that we talked about, and I do recommend we come in with three of those. We've got the, how else might I uh, expand my network? Do you know of anyone else? Question four. And question number five, always, always, always ask, how can I help you in return? You've been so gracious to me, Cassie. Thank you so much. How might I help you in return? That is the bare basic question. If you can't come up with something better, ask that question. It's almost disarming in a good way because so few networkers think about the opportunity to also be helpful in return. So you'll stand out in a good way. So always ask that question. However, if you can be more specific, the better. So you might say, um, I see that you are involved in the Society for Human Resources Management. Um, is there anyone that you know from the local chapter that I might connect with? I can see that you are with uh, very active with the uh, Ohio State Alumni Association. Is there anyone in that association that you can think of that might be a good contact for me? I know that you've been on the board of the Sales and Marketing Executives Organization. Anyone in that particular trade group that you can think of that I should connect with? Counterintuitively, the more specific you can be, the more likely you will be to get names. So again, as part of your homework, uh, 
what networks do they belong to? Maybe it's within their own company. Is there anyone else at 3M that you suggest I connect with? Or it could be some outside of work networks that you might think about tapping into. So prime the pump for them if you can. Some some couple of years ago, I had, uh, and I'm I am the cheapest person you've ever met. Truly, honestly, what 99% of what I'm wearing is consignment and garage sale. I am a cheap human being. But somehow this woman came to meet with me, and she brought a line of custom clothing to show me. And she was meeting with me and holding up, you know, these samples and this and that. It's, you know, little $500 blouses and this. And, that. and little does she know I've got, you know, I'm not going to buy a $500 blouse. But at the end of the meeting, I said, oh, man, you know, I am, I'm the consignment store shopper. I, I'm not going to buy the $500 blouse, not to mention the $5,000 suits. Really sorry. And she was very wise. And she said, um, you know, could I ask you who else you know in your network? And my first thought was, no one. I can't think of anyone who wants the $500 blouse and the $2,500 suit. However, she didn't stop there. And it was brilliant. She said, who in your network loves to change their colors every season? You know, who likes to change their makeup color? Who likes to change the colors that they wear? Oh, all of a sudden I'm thinking, you know, I know some people who do that. Who subscribes to fashion magazines in your circle? Is there anyone who really loves to read those? You know what? A couple people do. And she asked some really probing, targeted questions and people came to mind. So keep that in your mind, that the big broad question is your baseline, most minimal question but the more targeted, the better. Next networking success uh, is to avoid the mistake of not using networking follow-up to your advantage. And one of the most frequent questions that people ask me is how often should I follow up after a networking meeting? And so I'll tell you what you don't wanna do. And that is have a networking meeting and follow up a few weeks later, send an email. Marsha, I'm still looking. And so uh, I'm, yeah, I'm still looking, Marsha. What do you got for me? You know, please call me if you hear of anything. We don't want to do that. We do want to, however, follow up because what we've gone into this meeting with is the intentionality that this is the beginning of a relationship. And so, what I recommend is following up within 48 hours of the meeting. I'm not necessarily a stickler for 48 hours, but enough people that I talked to about their feelings about networking suggest that they do feel 48 hours is the appropriate time. So within a couple of days, follow up with the person who you met with. In my mind, an email is just fine. If you like to send a handwritten, you know, have the card, have it addressed, stamped, have it sitting in your car as you're leaving that meeting, write it out and drop it off. Uh, email, note, but do take prompt action. And, and a couple of things I would say about that, uh, about that follow-up, about the immediate follow-up. Number one, we're thanking them. 
And generic thank you, again, is the baseline. But the more specific I can be, the better. Was there a specific, uh, was there a specific suggestion that that person made? Was there a specific example that they shared? And if it was the more human we can be, the better. I really appreciated your vulnerability talking about your own transition. I really appreciated you opening up your own contact list and gave, giving me five names. That's so meaningful. I really appreciated your sharing the struggle to build your team in your research lab. So share the specific things that you took, and that's touching, meaningful, helpful, and useful to you. Specific gratitude is always going to be uh, more touching to the person on the other end. And, and here's the real piece that will set you apart. Remember back when we first got introduced to this person by, by Stacy Jones? So dear, dear John, I was referred to you by Stacy Jones. Stacy recommended, Stacy said something, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I hit send. A couple of days later, Stacy sends back an email and says, Great, let's connect three weeks from now. And here's a date and time that will work for me. Terrific. I'm thrilled. I confirm that with Stacy. I send my resume, my bio, et cetera, et cetera. And what do I do immediately after that? I let John know. John, thanks a million again. I'm uh, meeting with Stacy in three weeks. Super grateful. Bye. Okay, so three weeks go by. I meet with Stacy. I send Stacy my gratitude. I'm genuine and specific in my gratitude. And what do I do immediately? I circle back to John. John, I just left Stacy's office. John, yesterday I had the great pleasure of meeting with Stacy. Share something specific in that meeting. We talked about Stacy's years in uh, working in supply chain with you and how you grew the function together. Stacy talked about the fun that you had working with your new vendors, whatever it might be. Remember that networking is not about myself. Yes, it is. But in the process of making networking about others, I reap the rewards. I am upholding these people's relationship. So no doubt in that meeting with Stacy, John came up because that was part of my introduction, right? So I am immediately getting back to John afterwards and thanking him for the gift of his referral. And even more valuable than the 30 minutes that John may have taken with me a month ago was the trust he put in me to give me the name of someone in his own network. And I am grateful. So I circle back with John. If Stacy gave me the name of Mike, when I, same thing, when I send a message to Mike, Mike says, yes, I'm immediately back to Stacy. And no doubt, Mike said something really positive. I share that back with Stacy. A month later, two weeks later, after my meeting with Mike, I am again grateful to Stacy. People ask me, like I say, how's the best way to stay in touch with people? It is helping them uphold 
their networks and helping their relationships become even stronger. So very, very critical uh, that I keep that in mind. If I do that, I mean, honestly, I can tell you that over 50% of the networking meetings that I have over the years, the, I'm probably at 3,000 now, people leave my office and don't even say thank you. So three times in the 20-minute networking model, I've built in places where we say thank you, right? I mean, when, when our daughter was smaller and, and, you know, getting rides from the other parents in the sports and whatnot, I would say, say thank you for the ride. Say thank you when you get in the car. Say thank you while you're in the car. And when you get out of the car, say thank you for the ride. And again, I'm hoping because three times, we'll remember to get a one thank you out of that. So we build in, we build in gratitude throughout the process. If I say thank you, I'm in the top 50% of all networkers. If I'm well organized, which a lot of people aren't, it's loosey-goosey, it's waiting for the other person, it's talking about myself the whole time. If I'm well organized and I've got a bit of structure and I'm curious, I'm now in the top 20% of all networkers. And if I circle back and I close the loop with all of the people that I network with throughout the process, I'm now in the top 10% of all networkers. I can absolutely promise you that. And the ultimate loop that I need to close, it, it should be said, is when I land in a new position. And I do have to tell you that, again, 90% of the time, sadly, I discovered that people who I took time with took a half hour, sometimes more, gave them suggestions, gave them ideas, gave them names out of my network. I will discover that they got a new job six months later on LinkedIn. I'm looking for something and I see their name. Don't do that. After you get the job, Yes, it gets busy and we're really excited, but take the time to circle back with your network. One never knows when we want to tap that network again, number one. Number two, when people do land their next opportunity, they often say the greatest gift of transition is this amazing network that I've built. So closing loops, circling back, upholding relationships, that's absolutely critical. And I think the last um, mistake that people often make to being really successful in networking is understanding that networking is really a full continuum and it's a way of life. Networking runs from LinkedIn and quick pings and quick hellos to occasional emails, to a phone call, to a virtual meeting, to an in-person meeting. Networking runs the gamut. And networking also includes interaction at large events. And large events today are, are virtual, but whether they're virtual or in person, networking is a whole wide variety of activities that really all add up, back to that very first example, to be 80% uh, likelihood uh, for finding our next job. But it's also 80% likelihood that I'm going to find a project that I'm interested in or a nonprofit board that I want to join. Um, 
something to add to uh, uh, additional avocational activities. All of those things are uh, life enriching benefits of having a robust and strong network.